I want you to, I want to continue on here with this passage of scripture here found in Romans chapter eight. And, and watch this. This is going to bless you. This all ties in. Uh, we, we've already did verses 28, 29, 30. Let's go to 31. Watch this. Watch this. This is going to bless you. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us. Oh, come on. Help me somebody. Who is against us? Verse 32. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for who? Us. For us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? I want to talk about this morning in this series. Tell your neighbor the struggle is over. That's part three. And then tell your neighbor you can live for God. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. You can live for God. Last week, I told you that you can change. And the reason I said that is because I told you that God has favored you. That God has a predetermined plan for your life. That God has called you to salvation and service. That God has declared you righteous. Amen. In God's eyes, you are righteous. And then lastly, I told you last week that God gets the glory from your life. A changed life glorifies God. I don't know why you want to change. But I know that I wanted to change because... I wanted to do something different with my life. I was tired of making the same mistakes over and over again. I was tired of talking about change and not really changing. I was tired of temporary change. What I realized is that I was not moving out of the pond. I was just switching locations in the pond. You see, if you want change, you got to get out of that water and you got to get into the sea. And so what I found out throughout my Christian life is that we all will struggle with change. But God is the one who oversees your change. Do I have anybody? But what happens to a lot of people is that when they come to Christ... There is a presupposition, a background that they have, that they feel like if I live for God, amen, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to give up this, I got to give up that. But what they don't really know is that God is the one Who will cause you to give up whatever you think you need to give up. All you got to do is come 
as you are and God will do the rest. Anybody been there? Where God has changed you? Watch this. Not on your mama's time. (laughs) Not on your wife's time. Not on your husband's time. But God changed you in his time. You see, you see, here's the thing. If the struggle is over, then that means that change is inevitable. Because as I told you before, the devil and his demons will not leave you alone. But as you grow in grace and as you conform to the image of God, watch this, you will no longer fear evil. You will walk through the valleys of life. You and I will be victorious because we know our identity and ultimately we begin to understand our purpose and our position in the kingdom. Do I have a witness? This should give us great confidence that come what may, come on somebody, we are more than conquerors. Watch this, not cowards in Christ Jesus. That we faith that we, that we can face failures, we can face those giants, we can face those fears, those fires, those frustrations in life. What we find in Romans chapter eight, it is a manuscript it is a mandate that god verse 28 works all things together for the good so while you're sitting there thinking what am i going to do god says i already have a plan for you do i have anybody verse 28 says that he works all things together for the good And because of what God has done for us. You say, what has he done for us, pastor? Well, let's let's just just sneak back to verse 30. He says, and these whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also what? Glorified. And then Paul asked the question, what then shall we say to these things? To these things. That we are conforming to the image of God. That we have uh, the Holy Spirit inside of us. That we can now understand the word of God. We can pray and get it through to heaven. He says, what then shall we? Well, ain't nothing really to say. So can I tell somebody, tell your neighbor the struggle is over. Tell your neighbor you can live for God. And here's how you can live for God. The first thing is, you can live for God by, you got to rejoice, what? In spite of. 
Come on, somebody. Why must we rejoice? Because in spite of God has been what? Good to us. How many can say God has been good to you? You see, when he says, what then shall we say? He's saying, ain't nothing to say. So I concluded, if there's nothing to say, then the best thing to do is what? Tell you never, you got to rejoice. You know, one of the things I figure out about Christians sometimes, they're unhappy. And I wonder why they're so unhappy. Why can't they have joy? Why can't, listen, the world knows how to have a good time. That's why the world keeps pulling us out. Here's the thing. You and I got to find, we don't have to find nothing to rejoice about. Listen, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Rejoice that God is on your side. Rejoice that God has predestined you from the beginning of time. Watch this. To be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Rejoice because in spite of, God has been good to who? To us. Do I have a witness? Do I have anybody here can say to me today, Pastor, he's been good to me. Listen, he's been better to me than I've been to myself And listen, when I think back over my life, yes, I can complain about what I don't have. But come on, peek for a minute. Take a look for a minute. You're not where you used to be. Come on, somebody. You're better than what you were. And God is still working on you. So now is the time to rejoice. Rejoice. Because in spite of, he says, what then shall we say? Ain't nothing to say to these things. Watch this. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I want to help you with. If you're not paying close attention to what God is doing in your life, then you don't have a reason to rejoice. You see, sometimes we're focusing so much on the But you know what else we're focusing on? We're focusing so much on what you think the devil can do that you're missing what God can do. We're so focused on, oh, the devil this. You ever hear people, every time they talk to you, they say, the devil, the devil. The devil going to do this. Come on, man. Listen, listen, listen. You got something to rejoice about. You can live for God. Come on, somebody. Don't you let the devil cause you to stop wanting to or watch this or even believe that you can't rejoice. Sometimes, you know what? I think when we rejoice, we're uncomfortable. Because it's not something we do all the time. But I thank God that in spite of, I love that in spite of. I love what Paul says. What then shall we say to these things? He says what? He says whom he foreknew. He predestined. If you look at verse 28, he says, and we know that God causes all things to work together. For what? The good. For the what? So God always has your good in mind. Why is it that, or how is it that we, well, I don't know if all of us know this. If we know that God has our good, then why are we holding back from him? Why do we believe that if we step up for God, the devil somehow will try to pull you down? 
Do I have anybody? Let me help you something. You ought to rejoice anyhow. You know why you ought to rejoice? Let, let, me, let me label here for a second. Watch this. You know what rejoicing does to the devil? Huh? It, it makes him mad. Y'all hear me? <laughs> you, know what, you, know, you know when you're in a good mood? Anybody been in a good mood lately? <laughs> and I ain't talking about circumstantial good mood. Oh, I'm not talking about transactional good mood. I'm talking about you just woke up in a. And, and sometimes you even scared to, to have a little joy. Because you start being, I'm going to get to that next point in a minute. You start thinking all kinds of craziness. But I want you to stand on Romans 8.28 for me. Tell your neighbor you can live for God. Look what he says. He said, what then shall we say to this? If God is what? Now let me, let me explain to you. In the Greek there, there are three class conditions for the word if. Okay. So the, the word if is if and it is true. That's the first class condition. Second class condition is if and maybe is true. That, that lies with Satan. And then there's the third class condition. If and it's not true. So for instance, when Satan said to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you. That was a lie. Lord have mercy. You got you to gotta recognize who's promising you stuff. And who's giving you these ifs promises. But Paul is saying if and what? First class condition. If and it is true. If and it is true. He says if God is for us. What are you worried about? Why are you so tripped out? Why are you holding back from God if he's for you? Don't you know that when you got God on your side, you don't need anything else? If God is for us. So, so the next thing you got to do is recognize who's really for us. Man, I, I, I can, I, I, listen, over my Christian life, I know who's for me. <laughs> I really know who's for me. And here's what I do. I don't put my stock in people. I put my faith in God. So therefore, watch this. I won't be disappointed if a person lets me down. Because I know you may walk away from me. But even if you walk away from me, God is still for me. And here's the good news about this. There's nothing that you can ever do in your Christian life that will stop. I'm getting that next week, week after. Watch this. There's nothing you can ever do that can stop God from being for you. Tell your neighbor. 
the struggle is over. The struggle was over at Calvary. And once you're saved, you're always saved. And yes, you may fall. But even when you fall, he is for you. Even when you are fearful, he is for you. Even when you don't understand and you got a little frustration going on in your life, he is for you. And I want to tell you something. No matter what God has put inside of you, when you stand before your enemies, when you walk into that office tomorrow morning, wherever you show up, you show up with your head hung high and you say to yourself, God is for me. And if God be for me, I wish I had somebody. I wish I had a few people here to let you know that God wants the best for you. Whatever you don't want for you, he wants the best for you. But the devil is tricky. But he says that you and I have to understand. He says, if God is for us. Look what the rest of the verse says. Who? Who? Now, you know what I found out? (laughs) I'll be finding stuff out. It's crazy how I find things out, man. I'd be like, man, is that real? I'd be telling my wife, man, I found something out. I'm like this little kid, you know. <laughs> my relationship with God is just like that. I, I, I got this little kid mentality. Seriously, because I'd be like, man, 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 I learned something today. I learned something about God. And, and, and when I was reading that passage of Scripture, and this is why I'm saying to somebody here today, you can live for God. Listen, stop putting all these rules and regulation on yourself and just understand that you can live for God. But watch this now. He says, if God is what? For us. Look what he says. He says, then we're moving in the passage, okay, from the what to the who, okay? And I'll show you that in, the, in a couple of weeks. Watch this. He says, and who can be against us? Who can be? So the next thing you got to do, put it up there for me. I got to help somebody with this. You got to release by releasing any fear and superstitions that has us holding back. Oh, if I give my life to God, this going to happen. This and that. If I go all the way in, my brother, if I go all the way in, guess what's going to happen? Something bad is going to happen. Talk to yourself right quick. Take your fingers. That's superstition. That's fear. Listen. The question he says. And this is what he says. He says if God be for us. Then who? What living thing. Can stop you? Which. Mountain can stand in front of you. Which wall can Satan put before you that will stop you from getting to God? None. Why? Because he says, if God be for us, who can be what? Listen, what human or demonic force could stop what God has decreed? Nothing. You know why? Because you belong to him. Because he predestined you. 
Because he called you. Because he sanctified you. Because he washed you. Because he cleaned you up. Come on somebody. Because he knew you from your mother's womb. But these things that you're going through right now is part of your preparation for your purpose. So he says, who can be against you? But can I tell you something? Somebody here today, you got to release any fear and superstitions that has you holding back. Some people believe, man, if I, if I give this up, oh, come on. Anybody with me? Anybody? Anybody? That's your, that, come on. The devil got you thinking like, if I give this up, if, if I give this up, man, how am I going to make it? How, how can I function? I can't function without this. But if God is for you, come on, you got to walk out of here saying it to yourself. God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. No weapons formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on somebody. I've been brought with a price. Therefore I will glorify God in my body. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me. So watch this. In other words. Hold on a minute. Pause for a minute. I am a threat to Satan. But how is he so slick where he can convince you and I to walk in fear and superstition? How is he, how is he so slick to do that? It is because you have to believe what you're hearing today. And if you have any doubt that he can do what he says he can do, then it won't work. Watch this. Verse 32. Verse 32. Here's God's. Here's here, Romans 828. I'm sorry. 832. 832. Watch this now. Watch, watch where I'm going with this. Okay. Watch this. He says, if God be for us, then who can be against us, right? But check out what he did in verse 32 to illustrate that. What Paul is doing is giving us an illustration of what God did because he's, because he's for you. This is the Bible. He did not what? His what? But what? Over. For who? For who? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He illustrates. What he just declared. That if God be for us. He didn't even spare his own son. Watch this. His own son, but he delivered him up for who? For who? For who? You know what that means? 
God will do whatever it takes to get you. How many people you know would give up their own child to save you? Nobody. But he says, I, I, I didn't even spare my son because I wanted you. Whew, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I wanted you so bad and I was so crazy about you. I'm so crazy in love with you that I didn't even spare my own. I did it for you. Now you can't live for me. Now you talking about fear and superstition and, and, and if I, if I do something for God, the devil going to strike me down. I'm something going to fall on my head or whatever the case may be. Watch this, watch this. So, so you got to remember, remember this. The next thing you got to do is remember this. Remember what he, what did to deliver us. It cost him, his son to illustrate to you and I. That he's, listen, Lord have mercy, I'm about to jump. I'm about to do something. Watch this. <laughs> what have you done to show him that you for him? What can you really do? The only thing you can really do to show God that you for him is to be in the kingdom. It's to serve him. It's to worship him. It's to be a good steward. Listen, 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 listen. Sister Hunt, she showed me that she's for me. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. When I lost my mind, can I, can I testify for a minute? Can I, just, can I just come down here for a minute? When I lost my mind 20-something years ago, her and her family could have given up on me. They could have said, you know, this crazy man, man, let, man, let me get my daughter and let's bounce. They didn't do that. I know a lot of people that would have left me right there. But she didn't leave me. Her family didn't leave me. They were for me. You know what's crazy? We give the best of our lives to the people who ain't for us. Because somehow we're just attracted to them. Or whatever the case may be. Or whatever they add to our lives. But it's the people that stand with you. Man, let me tell you something. Listen, there's nothing I won't do. My father-in-law, I watch him right now. Breaks my heart, y'all. Breaks my heart to see him. He's man had five strokes. Can't talk, can't walk, can't do anything. You think it's a problem for me to go pick him up, literally, and take him to the doctor? And to be there, you think it's a problem for me? When somebody is for you, you return the favor, y'all. And I'm so indebted to God for what he did for me. 
Because he has proven to me that he's for me. When I didn't even love myself. And I ain't trying to hype you up. I ain't trying to hope you up. What I'm trying to say to you is there comes a point in your Christian journey where you have to ask yourself a question. Am I really for God? Or what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I allowing fear and superstition and trials and situations if God has already shown me? He didn't spare his son. He, he put his son on the cross to die. Wait till we get into the rest of this thing. I'm about to sit down. I got a little overworked there. But look what he says here, y'all. Watch the next part of this verse. How will he not also? You see it? You got to read the Bible with me. Put it on the screen for me. How will he not also? In the Greek, it's called a contrast. It's a contrast between his deliverance and what he's done for us. How will he not also with him, the one that he died, that died for you, freely, freely give us all things. You want to know why you have a lack? Because you're not proving you're for him. But here's the other part to the story. You can't live for him or not live for him and have your hands out. If God is for you, then you got to be for him. And when you're for him, he'll give you all things. What? It won't cost you nothing. I think I heard somebody said to me something today that they got a blessing. (laughs) That that they were trying to do something and it turned out to be a blessing. I think it was Reverend. Watch this. Listen, favor will follow you. Stuff will start happening. Watch this. If you stop focusing on what you don't have, God says, I already gave it to you. You just got to position yourself to where you can receive it. So last thing I got to say to you is you got to receive everything. Everything. You have to receive everything he has for us. Receive everything. Receive it. Receive it. Freely give. Listen. Freely given us all things pertains to us growing in his image. Growing as a believer. He will freely give you grace and mercy. He will freely give you the word of God so that you can grow from where you are now to where you need to be. 
You want a million dollars, but God can't trust you with a dollar. You won't even bring a dime out of a dollar to him. So you could keep pipe dreaming if you want. But if you honor him with your life, he will bless you like you've never known before. And if you are still struggling today, you you may not know what you really have. See, that's the problem with us at most times. We don't know what we have. Listen, when the devil starts telling you, don't go today, you tell him, man, you better get behind me somewhere. You, You better tell him that I'm standing firm on my faith because guess what? I know there's a word there for me. As a matter of fact, Satan, because you suggested it, it means I'm running there because guess what? There's something waiting for me. That's, and I'm done. That's what you got to do. So many people today are living empty lives. There's a man who once said he was dying to finish high school so he can go to college. Then he was dying to finish college so he could start his career. He was dying to get married to start a family. He was dying for kids to turn for the kids to turn 18 so they could leave. Then he was dying to retire. And then he was just dying. He never really got around to living because all he focused on was dying. He didn't connect his temporal state with his eternal destiny. He never connected time to eternity. Tell someone the struggle is over. You can live with no fear, no doubt, no restlessness because the struggle is over. Give God a hand clap.